All right, a very, very special podcast today. Welcome once again. Uh, one, oh, <laughs> start that again in my mouth. That was special. Welcome one and all once again, I believe is what I was trying to say, to the Podman Rush. And this week I'm joined by uh, two individuals. One you know and love. We'll get to him in a second. But first off, the delightful and talented Michelle McMahon joins our broadcast by way of her work with NHL Network, uh, the Hurricanes, uh, the Big Ten. Am I missing anything, Michelle? I did the Blackhawks a little bit. Blackhawks, Blackhawks <laughs> as well. You missed my what else? Pickleball, pickleball, Come pickleball, on. <laughs> professional pickleball. That's really pickleball. <laughs> That's really what I hang my hat on uh, nowadays. But anyway, uh, w- welcome. First off, um, we we've talked about the broadcast and what have you a little bit, but this is podcasting. Yeah, I mean, this is not only the now; it's the future. Yeah, yeah. I can tell sure your sincerity with that. Uh, the the voice. It, the voice. The voice. It's like Rolls Royce engine, smooth wow. and smoky and rich. Thank you. How many times do you get asked about your voice? Mm, good question. Uh, I'll say quite a bit. Like, for example, I recently went to Bed Bath & Beyond. I, I recently moved here. You had here. time? <laughs> I had time. <laughs> as soon as I talked to the woman at the register, she was like, Oh my God, I didn't expect that voice to come out of you. She's like, how old are you? And I was like, <laughs> uh, like wow. 30. And she's like, you look 19, but you sound like older. And I'm like, I don't know. Thank you. Question mark. But yeah, no, I get asked a lot if Have I'm a blues always, singer. always had it? Um, I think so. Or did you just was, like smoke two packs of darts I've when never you tried like a cigarette 11? Ever in my life. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's all, all natural. natural rasp. I think it's because I'm the youngest middle child of four children. So I always had to screen my way to the top. Maybe that. Added a little bit of nodes to my vocal cords well, to make it, it extra raspy. <laughs> no, yeah, I think it's always been this way. I've always been like a raspy kid, even growing up. And then it's just translated, I guess, pretty nicely to broadcasting. I never really n- was cognizant of it prior to the industry. Like, really? I never really thought about my voice. Yeah. I never really thought about how I sounded. Nobody or how stepped people- up and said, You have a voice as husky as the Iditarod <laughs> yeah. or anything like that. No. <laughs> I'm sure people have probably mentioned it, but it never really clicked in my head about like, oh, I've got a voice for broadcasting. And now it's kind of funny. It's, it's nice like, to listen to. Oh, it thank really you. Is. And it's this, kind of fun. The thoughts and things that come along with it are well, thank you. great as well. Thanks. It's fun. It's fun to like kind of make it broadcasting and make a joke about it. Like we like to do like Ron Burgundy impersonations. Mm. You know? <laughs> Who put a question mark in the teleprompter? Well, to, to change uh, past completely, uh-huh. Mike Heike and his voice. Uh, <laughs> what do you call it again? Uh, whiny nasal. No, no. <laughs> Don't beat yourself up. Uh, it's got the beautiful hum of a Yugo. I think. You no, would... you just said that it is like a nineteen. Yeah, it really is. I, I get, hockey voice. I get uh, made fun of because I have to do stuff like this or TV, and people Aww. find nobody my... likes their voice though. Well, Mike. but uh, do you like? Do you like your voice? I don't really like it. It's taken me a while to get used to it. Really, I don't really like listening to myself back. It's weird. Huh. Yeah, because how it sounds in my head is so different. Exactly. To but else. you have to admit, people- Yours sounds the same inside <laughs> your head and out, Mike. People tell you you have a great voice. People no, tell you don't. you have a great voice. People tell me I have an annoying voice. So then, you know, it kind of builds on that. It, but I will say this. When I was listening to the old hockey highlights, that is how they broadcast back in the day. It is. Very high-pitched. <laughs> no nasal. bass whatsoever. No. Back. And really fast-talking. <laughs> right. uh, well, by default, you are our Finnish-American- uh, correspondent. There you go. <laughs> Two K's in both names, Mika <laughs> Heika. Uh, it was just the the last name. Uh, how was the road? You were on the road. I That's was on the road. One of the reasons we're having you back again this week. We might have you every week. Who knows? But you were on the road. You were embedded with the Dallas Stars in the East. Michelle and myself, the entire broadcast crew, were in Las Colinas at the studios. <laughs> trying to make heads or tails of what was going on on big monitors. So what was it like being back on the road? One, great cities. Uh, New York, Boston, even Pittsburgh. I like Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh's a, a nice city. You're uh, not including Canada, well, suburb of Ottawa. Ottawa is fine. Canada What is, did you see? Did, you, did your feet even get on the ground in Ottawa? You guys were there, so- no, briefly. No, we were in, yeah, we were in Canada. And whatever that business park is, I think that's still Canada, isn't it? Uh, that's a couple miles away. Do you know how much arena? it cost them to build that 
arena in the day it was like 180 million dollars yeah. well that's why they liked it so and much. they built it in a matter of months but now didn't the canadians make them pay for like the off ramps 20 million dollars for the off ramps <laughs> isn't that crazy it really is and then oh, it it does it does underscore just how much you need an arena in a city center as they say in canada because uh, if you go to Fort Lauderdale or you go to Arizona or you go to Canada, there's just no buzz whatsoever. Too far away. Too far away. From the heartbeat of the city. And Ottawa is such a beautiful city. It's amazing. City. So much culture and the Rideau Canal running through it, whether it's frozen, frozen or over not. or yeah. not, and people are skating to work. Yeah. But, the build, uh, I, I love the architecture up there too. The Victorian architecture of the building, government buildings is just gorgeous. The... Travel with the team, how different now than, we're, we're going to find out. You're going to find we out. We will go on the road in America. The uh, buses are now players and then personnel. So GM, coaches, trainers, all on the floater bus now. So none of your hijinks. In so the, it's in no the longer the, the non-essential bus? <laughs> it's not the non-essential bus. Well, that's anymore. not going to be much fun. <laughs> no, Can we get our own bus? No, it was not fun at all. Um, I hope they win a lot on the road if that's the case. <laughs> that <then>. is the, <laughs> it would be interesting to see you doing your uh, your uh, emporium after loss, which you won't be doing this year. But it, I mean, to, no. be, to be doing see it. See how smart I to am? Be doing I changed it, it to Jim the wind emporium in the front. so I don't have to do yeah, that. Yeah, the coaches, <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, that, that is a little bit different, but everything else is pretty good. Um, yeah. the masks, uh, Pittsburgh, uh, was very loose on very Texas, uh, in the hotel, Canada, you would, you didn't pull it down over your nose. They, they're very strict on their mask usage, uh, in all places. Hmm. Uh, and every arena they want you to wear, they want you to mask up. Um, and then like I said, Pittsburgh, you're just walking around the hotel, walking downtown, no mask. It was, it was good. As long as you're vaccinated. Nice to be back in full arenas. It, it, it was great. Yeah. Uh, and those arenas are, are really nice. Mm. Um, you well, know, one of them is the most famous arena, the world's. It, it really is. And it, That's it's- That's what they call it. And again, what, what was that? That was like a hundred million- like elf, where they say it's the world's greatest cup of coffee. Well, is it really? Or is it just a sign? Well, is it really hockey town? Good point. Self-proclaimed. Yeah. Yeah. But we, we're going off the path here now. <laughs> hey, the stars go two and two uh, to begin this journey. So what did we learn about this squad very early on? And we'll let Michelle go first, not you, Mike. You well, can go in depth here. here in a second. You guys know more about this team. What do you than, think than we anyone? learned? <clears throat> I guess for me and the conversations we've had leading up to camp and, and, and afterwards, Number one, it's taking a little bit longer to click as a unit as maybe they were to hope, but it seems like they kind of found their rhythm a little bit. Uh, third period against Ottawa, and then most recently last night, um, a bit there at the end. And then two, I I think they have a perfect balance, just in my experience of you know in being in the NHL around different teams, around different locker rooms. I think they have a really good balance of veteran and youth, and I think the guys they seem to have hand selected this season are really high character guys just from basic interactions. And, and again, I'm still new here, so I'm still learning. <laughs> I, I present that with and you're a, remotely interacting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, like, you know, <clears throat> I've been in different scenarios where access was great and access wasn't great. And, and here the access has been really, I mean, these guys will give you the time of day. They'll chat with you. They'll tell you what you, what you need for the broadcast. They get it. Um, but I think those, you know, I think, taking a little bit longer to click, but also that it's a talented group. Like this is, I think this is a group that, that has the, has a chance to do it. I think it'd be, a, it'll be a fun season to watch and hopefully injuries stop sooner than later. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's the Dallas Stars way. Yeah. yeah. Seems to be. I'm going to back up exactly what Michelle said. Like, we don't know these guys. I don't know Hawk and Pond. I don't know even Ryan Suter that well. Right. But these guys really seem to have just blended in so perfectly. And a lot of that is Ryan Suter's got Joe Pavelski and Hockenpah has the Finns. And um, even Raffle and Glenn Denning seem to be on the same page, or Raffle and, and Fox and guys who are on the ice who are getting chemistry. You watch them walk into the bus or, you know, t chatting in the hallway. There really is a great feeling here. I, you, know, you know, I'm sure every team's going to say that and it's early in the season, but they really do seem to like each other and they all want to pull on the rope at the same time. And that's huge because you and I have seen that before when, yes. when you find that magical chemistry, it's, it's a big deal. And then I'll also back her up in that individually, a lot of these players are struggling. Uh, Tyler, 
really is like that injury is serious and it's hard. Rope, you know, he had surgery in the offseason and now he didn't play in training camp. And so now you're watching him going like, well, why does he look so bad? He goes, well, he had surgery in the offseason. He didn't play in training camp. And so you see individuals who are struggling to get up and running. And I think we did see in Pittsburgh in the third period, some of those guys like Tyler, I thought you could just see in his body language, like he was tired of it. Like I'm tired oh, of man, we had a shot of him on the bench where he snapped. Yeah. Well, and then mm. then you saw on the ice how he that I think transferred to some good plays. Cause it was like, you know, the only way I'm gonna get through this is I'm just gonna have to skate as hard as I can and hit some people and do whatever I can to make it happen. Just a second, Mike. Michelle's put her hand up. No, no, no. <laughs> Pick me after Mike's done. Finish your point. I just had some. Uh, but I think you made some really good points that I saw up close and personal. Like there there is problems with them as individuals getting to where they want to get to four games into the season. And it's going to be a process. And, and yeah. uh, Bone said that after the game the other day when I asked about Rope and, and he goes, look, it's going to take time. And, you know, cause we all want Rope to be Rope because last year, heck he played well, that, through all I think this that's stuff. The, I think it's the problem. Yeah. I'll, I'll switch it over to you in a, a second, Michelle. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm interjecting here, but like the Tyler Sagan we've seen this year is the one that I thought we were going to see when he came back last year, Correct. where he's a little bit tentative and just things aren't flowing for him. And that he, he came back and was engaged immediately and scored. You know, it was like, Oh my God, yeah. maybe he wasn't thinking about it. Yeah. Maybe too much time thinking about it. And now he wants it all to be good at once or great at once. And it frustrates him. You can see that. And the same mm -hmm. thing with Rope, you know, he was, trotting along where when he would play, there were no expectations because no. he was on a shredded groin, which is an awful Oof. thing to encounter for anybody, I would think. Mm -hmm. And uh, now he comes into the season this year, things don't happen for him immediately, and you could see some frustration yeah. in him. So, I was just going to add, um, you know, I didn't know Tyler extensively before this, just having a couple of conversations with him. One thing I, I feel like he's... Um, really stepped into the season is that refreshed perspective. He even said like, even the lows, I like missed this last year. So I think yeah. he does have a little bit of that perspective to fall back on while being frustrated. I think it's, it's nice that he has the context of like, well, at least I'm here and at least I'm playing and it'll come. But it's, um, I just wanted to add to No, to I think it's a good point. And having then, that, that in the yeah, back he's of your a, mind. Like, he, he's a more mature young man than, than he was the year before. <laughs> wow, that makes sense. He's a year older. A year older. <laughs> but take it full circle. I yeah. think the fact that all these people have the support group and like each other and are pulling for each other, I do think it's going to help the people who are struggling. And if the bottom six is contributing now, oh. think of when it when the top six starts to click, like hopefully, in theory, yeah. you know, the top guys, hopefully. It's interesting. We've had this discussion. It's interesting, interesting, Mike. Is that so these highly skilled players who are putting all this pressure on themselves to play this specific way are struggling Yet Glenn Denning's new and Raffles new and these guys have jumped right in and they're playing. <laughs> Pete, uh, Peterson's new. He's just like playing a completely different game than he played in Sweden, but he's adapting. But it's all their mindset of just play hard, play 35, 40 seconds, simple, get the puck to wait. And those are the guys who are succeeding right now. So maybe the skilled guys are going to have to borrow I, a little bit of that philosophy. I, I think it's an expectation thing. Too. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, those yeah. guys come in, there's no expectations. Right. You point. know, you want to fit in and then you just play. Right. The other guy's expectation. Yeah, that's okay. a good point. The offense is going to be great now because everyone's healthy. Yeah. Here we go. And it hasn't happened. I'm, once again, taking the under with Dallas Stars hockey okay. <laughs> in all games. Oh, With, yeah. <laughs> like, it, it hasn't been fun seven, to watch six, right now. <laughs> seven, six is not in their world right no. now, right? And, and the other teams are adapting the same yeah, way. Yeah. And, and Braden, I thought Braden made a really good point yesterday, and he's very soft-spoken, and he's, you know, but he said, we haven't got sucked into those games. And, you know, Boston could have done that. New York could have done that. They've done that in other games. And it still comes out and, and the stars are, you know, methodical. To, yeah. yeah. And, and he likes that, obviously, as a goalie. He, yeah, well, he, yeah, thinks yeah. That's a, he thinks that's a good plan. Well, the, the three things I've seen, uh, the Holpe is a heck of a signing. Yes. Uh, the way he's started here. The under, as I mentioned, gambling reference. Yes. It's a hot thing right now. <laughs> uh, this, uh, this is not the uh, pandy PP, if you will. It's not the no. pandemic power play that we're witnessing. Man, that was... That was needles in the eyes watching that thing in Ottawa yes. and in Boston for whatever reason. It was perfect last night. No power plays. Yeah. So 
night off and move on. Yeah. And overtime, because we beat it into the ground so badly last year and they struggled so much to pick up an extra point. Uh, it's no longer the smelly orifice that it was a year ago. No. They, they're 2-0. and Miro, bang. Uh, they had to go deep in it. They needed saves and they got it from, from Braden Holpe last night. And then Alexander Radulov and, and Joe. Yeah. But Alexander's just an ender. He loves that. We loves missed him stage. last year, didn't we? Yeah. And he wasldn't there for well, all think those about shootouts. The kid, the kid couldn't win past 60 minutes, and finally Radulov comes back into the lineup in Columbus, scores for him, and he wins a shootout. Ta-da. <laughs> but I mean, it's just interesting that we put all we put 65 minutes onto that one play. But that's the way this league does. And if you don't have that guy to make that shot, mm. you lose a point. Mm. And they, ga they gained a point okay, yesterday. Mike, Mike, put your mic down for a second. <laughs> We're going to talk about Michelle. We're going to learn about Michelle here. Oh, gosh. We know all about you. Uh, your coverage. I'm, I'm just curious. Like, yeah. How did you find your way to, to hockey? Great question. Um, See, Mike? That's how you do it. Great. Right there. You asked the right question. That's the question. Succinctly in how many seven words? It was about words? seven seconds. <laughs> I've heard the same advice. I was listening to you guys uh, on your first podcast and I was like, I've, I've heard this before. Um, but yeah, so I found my way to hockey. I've always been a hockey fan. I, I grew up a sports nut. I'm a tomboy, in case you haven't noticed, <laughs> um, with the low voice and my like desire to like compete and play sports at <laughs> every age, <laughs> even now. Um, but growing up, my dad was a huge Blackhawks fan. My mom was a Red Wings fan. We, I grew up, I was born in Chicago, raised in Michigan. Divided. I know. So I was always kind of conflicted. And they're like, what's your favorite hockey team? I'm like, oh, I like both because I watched both growing up. Uh, I went to my first NHL game, though, in Detroit when I was going to University of Michigan. So that was my loyalty with hockey tended to decide with the Red Wings, but I also really had an affinity towards the Blackhawks. Anywho, I grew up watching it. And then in college, actually went to college with Luke Glendening. I played volleyball at Michigan while he was a hockey player, um, always enjoyed going to those college hockey games. And actually those guys were really supportive of, they, they were, the athlete community is a close knit one in college. And those guys really um, uh, were supportive of helping me. Yoast. <laughs> yeah. Good old Yoast. I mean, I think I wasn't able to go to a ton of the games because volleyball kind of conflicted sometimes, but um, early in my NHL career, and in terms of breaking into the NHL, like I grew up watching it, unfortunately, didn't play it growing up. I think I would have if it was an option. I was always aggressive on the soccer field and basketball court. That's another story. Um, but in terms of breaking into the NHL, I, I leaned on those guys a lot of like, okay, this is something I really want to do. I would send them my reels of covering college hockey. Like, how am I doing? Like, give me the feedback. Uh, you know, help so me you understand do the game better. At, at Michigan? No. No? No, I had no experience. Oh, I just okay. played, yeah, I was just an athlete kind of uh, just segued myself into broadcasting. Yeah. I never had any formal training. <laughs> I'm very, I, I just kind of learned as I, as I went. You and Mike like, have that in common. <laughs> yeah. Everyone always asks, like, my, my path is so unconventional. I was selling freight to truck drivers in Chicago as my first job. I just knew I didn't want to do the small market thing and, like, work my way up because I hate the news. Sorry. I hope that doesn't offend anyone. Don't like the news. Never liked it. Don't want, didn't want to be a part of a small market. So I was like, shoot, I'll do B Big Ten Network volleyball coverage. That would be my start. And then work my way up from there. If it works, great. If I suck at it, great. Whatever. At least we have clarity. So I just, I, I made ends meet by doing random sales jobs. Good for you. Yeah. Was, yeah. Selling freight to truck drivers. So, well, the voice thing. <laughs> they, what, the truck yeah, drivers like the sound of my voice. Yeah. It was like babysitting. They probably, like, why didn't you make hear, it to your appointment at Walmart on, the on the time? <laughs> and then they meet you in person. Like, I thought you were like 480 pound <laughs> Marge in there. Yeah. Somebody had a pickleball tournament. <laughs> Literally met me in person. She's like, I heard you on the broadcast. Whoa. This is not what I expected <laughs> you to look like. You. I was like. Thank you. <laughs> so what would you yeah. say your approach is to, to your job now? Like, how do you, uh, how, did, yeah. how do you attack? Yeah. It's taken so many forms because, you know, with experience, you learn a lot, right? So I've been in this role before. I started my career in NHL for the Carolina Hurricanes as, as a ringside reporter, worked with John Forslund, a lot of like learning. I'm like, how do I do this? Like, I was so confident in getting the job. I'm like, yeah, I can do anything. Then I got there and I was like, how do I do this again? <laughs> Somebody help. Um, but how I approach it now is talking to as many people as possible. Like before the games, you guys know every, I'm never going to be the analyst of the game. Like I, I know this, like I'm not trying to contribute anything of like X's and O's. I didn't play the game in the NHL level. I, I'm not, I do understand it. I get it. I understand the verbiage and everything you guys are saying, but I want to contribute something that may be, um, that's unique information. So 
the only unique information you can get is just by talking to guys, you know, getting to know them, understanding their story of, hey, when you're in this scenario, what, what happens here? Help me understand. And then and then from their perspective, help color in just like a more unique, tiny little aspect that um, yeah, that I could contribute. That's, that's more the human information aspect yeah. of it. Yeah. And the human. Ex- yeah. Which th- we drop on the floor in our sport because, yeah. as you know, and we've talked about it. They've just sped it up and hurried it up so much. That yeah. There, there's so little time, which you understand. Yes. It's like, to, yeah, guys. To, exactly. To get in. <laughs> I've gotten caught a couple times. I'm like, I got the It's just like, how do I edit myself as I'm talking and it finishes up and so they're about to score? And yeah. it happens, you know, with, with me just trying to get out of the way in order for Josh to call the, uh, when it, it looks like it, yeah. something important is about to happen. And, uh, it's, it, it can be a mess from time to time, but you do learn how to edit. It's too yeah. bad that we don't have a little, just a smidge more time yeah. to be able to, to kind of weave a, a bigger tapestry yeah. of the action, the hows, the whys, along with the who's and the what's, Mike. Yeah. I, I think that's what everybody wants. Uh, I think mm-hmm. we're all storytellers. Yeah. And so. But thank God, you- thank God for, you know, things like this. And multiple platforms, true. so that at least Very you can true. find a yeah. way and send people to this, that, and the other thing in order to consume the same stuff that we used to just cram into a game. And yeah. there's pregame, and there's between periods, and right. there's Stars Insider, whatever. But that's, I, we are storytellers, and you know it's 82 games, so hopefully that's enough time to to tell stories. Mm. Do you yeah. like hockey players? Through the years, have always had a great reputation of of uh, being able to uh, be approachable and. Yeah. And help out. I mean, the old Aaron Gavey thing where he did an entire interview as somebody else because the reporter, I think it was in Detroit, mm-hmm. uh, had the name wrong. And rather than call the guy out or whatever on there, he just kept doing the interview as yeah. if he was him right. yeah. and finish it up. That's that's yeah. as hockey player as it gets Totally. Uh, for me. But are, are you aware of like the the beginnings of, of your role and, and women reporters and some of the hurdles that they had to go through in the early days and the probably what? uh 80s late 70s maybe yeah well certainly i mean 80s certainly phyllis george i think was one of the ones that was back in the 70s well, on the desk but she right. wasn't a sideline reporter so mm-hmm. it was if she wasn't interacting with the players as much but she did i think it was the uh roger Staubach interview and some i mean some really groundbreaking stuff back in the 70s but yeah. true i'm just thinking more of the i, I remember playing and the first time I ever saw a woman in our dressing room, we were in Boston at the mm-hmm. garden. And do you know the name Lisa Olson? Mm, I've heard it, yes. So she was the one that, I think she sued the Patriots. Yeah. The Patriots were just clowns to mm. her when she, yeah, when she went and, and because she had clearance to go into the actual uh, locker room with them. And you, you go back to those days, like mm-hmm. there, there was no separate changing room. No. Like you hung your suit right where you sat between periods. Mm-hmm. And then after the game, everybody was just in there coming out of the shower and it, mm-hmm. it felt a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. But I remember like the hockey players just put towels on and talked to her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't really mm-hmm. that big of a deal. It was weird. There was a woman in there, but it really wasn't that weird. And then it seemed to grow from there to where hockey players, more so than maybe baseball players and football players and other sports, yes. were just a little more respectful 100%. for the job that was being done. You, you get that? Oh yeah, yeah, totally. And I, I've had I've had experience covering briefly the NBA. Um, haven't really touched the NFL much. MLB I've done. Um, so I've and it's not to throw those guys under the bus, but NHL. It was one of the reasons coming back to the sport because I had taken a couple of years off was exciting to me. Is the caliber of person you get? I mean. I was, I was explaining it. I'm trying to explain it to my mom too. I'm like, you don't understand. They're like normal people. Like they, you, you go <laughs> to normal size. Yeah, they're normal as far size. As suits you go to the grocery store. Else, right. You would never know you're running into Rope yeah. Hints unless right. yeah. you were a huge yeah. stars fan and, and really like knew the face as well. But they're, they're humble. They're kind. And that's, I think it depends what team you're on and, and who you have in the locker room. But generally speaking, hockey players across the board have been awesome. I mean, even Thinking back to the Stanley Cup final, I was able to cover in 2017, everyone from Sidney Crosby down to, you know, the fourth line center is they'll treat you the same. They'll give you the time of day. They're kind. They're inclusive. And that's really all you can ask for, especially in this role, which is easier some places than others. There's still challenges for sure. But um, yeah, no, I, I hockey is the most appealing sport for me in that way. See, Mike, you're wrong. We are good guys. <laughs> 
I heard the pickleball league is a lot nicer. <laughs> you might have a point there. I, <laughs> I heard they're arrogant. Oh, pickleball. no. The pickleball pros. It's all about Actually, money. I had met a really arrogant one, and I was like, listen. <laughs> You're a pro pickleballer, okay? <laughs> Get it in check. That's <laughs> uh, like professional darts and professional <laughs> diving into pools, into floaties. We got to get a pickleball game balloon, going, guys. Professional balloon <laughs> poppers. I believe I've seen that before. Uh, speaking of women, though, in hockey, in mm -hmm. different roles. Now, first, the, the, we welcome reporters, uh, broadcasters. Uh, you, you're seeing now coaches, uh, women coaches on, on staffs, like not just, you know, skating instructors, but actual coaches of mm -hmm. the, of the sport and well-respected. Finally, we talked about this on the first podcast, the power of me. I said, we need female officials. Boom. Mm -hmm. Boom. Happens. OHL, uh, and also in the American the Hockey League, they had them. NHL. It's gotta be next, right? Yeah. It'll happen. They'll work their way up. So. Yeah. What role or roles do you hope that women move into in, in hockey? And we'll let ladies first, Mike. I'm fine with that. Okay. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of opportunity there. And I think really the ask from women is just to be treated as equal to, to men. And I think there's different layers of, of so I want to preface this one. I love men. I've been around them my whole life. I have a great dad, a great brother. My guy friends are great. So like, I've never been one of these people that's like, uh, take down the guys and let the women in. It's more so of like, how can we do this together? Because we all bring different things to the table. Um, I think what men bring to the table and what women bring to the table are unique to whatever you identify with. I don't want to offend anyone um, in today's day and age. But yeah, we're trying not I to think, get canceled yeah, on these. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get canceled. Rush. But I think there are certain elements that those who identify as women bring to the table when it comes to like the aspects of femininity and how they can connect to players. Like I'll connect to somebody differently than you guys might. Yeah. And it doesn't make it any better or worse. It just makes it different. What information. Oh I my God. That's so true. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. And just so you're a bit like, I could see it just in, in uh, like when I did between benches or had to interview players on the bench and, mm -hmm. and, and all that, like you could see how rigid guys would get. And then uh, someone like you would come along and they were just, yeah. relaxed and they'd tell them whatever they wanted almost. to know yeah. and that and it was just mm -hmm. like they they had a guard up and uh, for whatever reason it's better if you have both mixed in there yeah. i agree absolutely I agree. Yeah. and i think that comes to play in business as well so i feel like our society has so been driven on i i i hate when women feel pressured to like act like men to make it to the top. Like, I don't think you have to act like more masculine to be like in a power position. I think what women bring to the table from a like feminine standpoint, like are really beneficial financially when it, when it's merged together. So I think they're, they see things like we, we have a different perspective on things. Like when you marry those two together and it's an open discussion of like, of multiple perspectives. So that, what I, my point is, I, I feel like it's a blend of both. So I think it's being inclusive um, from a management standpoint. But I'd also love to see women break into the play-by-play -play, um, arena in hockey. We haven't seen that as much in the, at the NHL level unless I'm... Leah Hextall, I think, oh, was yes. hired by, by uh, ESPN, which is an inroad into it. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I, can, I can see that too. I, I'm going to leave my opinions of, of some of the broadcast stuff out of it. Yeah. Um, but I, I would really like to see women move into management, into, yeah. into GM roles because they, they're so, um, they're so more open to new ideas than, mm -hmm. than men are, especially, you know, the old boys network is, is a real thing. Yep. Yeah. I think it's changed a little bit, yeah. but for the most part, that's still, you know, part of it. And, and women are more readily, uh, intellectually uh, welcoming of new things. It's like, yeah. Well, yeah, we, we might try that. And they're better communicators. Yes. There's no question about that. I mean, that. we think about a healthy marriage. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that yeah. Way, like where the woman comes into play, where the, if, if it's a, if that's the dynamic, I think right. that's. I, I also think in my experience, women are more detail oriented. So if you could have an assistant GM, a capologist, or somebody who understood the numbers and could be creative with the numbers, mm -hmm. I do think a woman could step into that role now. I think and there do are some well. around the league right now that yeah. are in those departments yeah. that are in analytics uh, and which is growing yeah. exponentially. So yeah, I, I agree. And if 
I, I looked at a thing. I think there were 41 of the top 500, the Fortune 500 companies that are run by women. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's also a level, a layer of in, uh, intuition too, that like a woman's intuition, like you can read a room and kind of dissect, like if there's a problem in the locker room, for example, sometimes it helps to have that extra layer of like figuring things out. Like, okay, how do we see, I don't know. I think there's just different, yeah. different dynamics that we can bring in. And one more role I would say is like somebody that's around the team that is a holistic wellness person, I think is so essential. And, and for, I mean, women and men alike to, to help support these athletes who are paid by their vehicle, which is their body, um, be the healthiest version of that. I think that's also a, a behind the scenes role that's so crucial for these players. Yeah. And, and I think blending that body and mind, mm -hmm. and it's really tough to do because I've talked to a bunch of people about who, how does the league attack mental health and everything? Oof, and yeah. It's a daily I, thing and it, you have to get the trust of the players and the coaches and, mm -hmm. and, and understand you're not stepping on the coach's toes by helping a goalie with his mental health or whatever. Yeah. Why uh, do you pick totally. goalies always with uh, that? <laughs> it's a personal attack. It's a personal thing. It is. Uh, you were mentioning, so mentioning the, the, the dressing room and what's going on in there and that and access, you know, and mm -hmm. we've been robbed of that for a couple of years because yeah. of the pandemic. We really haven't had the type of access that we have grown to either enjoy or hate depends on what side you're on. But uh, two questions for the two of you, the best use of access in your mind would be what, and the worst use of access in our sport is what Mike, go ahead. I mean, the best for me is like, I, I was thinking about this. I was driving over. I, I don't hate the post game table. Cause I mean, it, it's orderly. You don't have to go into the locker room cause the locker room's such a mess. So you get these guys, they're only going to talk for two or three minutes anyways. Mm -hmm. But I, I love that BS in the morning where you can just sit there and talk to somebody mm -hmm. about anything. And that's By BS, you, you mean brown yeah. sugar. Is exactly. that what you're speaking of? <laughs> uh, but, you know, the stuff that you could use for personality, mm -hmm. things that you could fill in here and there, things you could use in the pregame show or, or in the Stars Insider, or that I could use in telling a feature story about mm -hmm. a guy. Um, I really do miss that. And, and yeah. I, if we can find a way to get back to that, um, I don't think they hate it. Like, again, maybe the baseball players do. Maybe the basketball players do. I don't think the hockey players all hate it. Some do, some don't. But I, I think they don't mind telling their stories or they don't mind getting that part. Like, Tyler likes it. He's a performer. He's in there mm -hmm. in the morning for yeah, 10 minutes. I, and I, I think it's, it's, uh, it's de uh, each individual has yes. their own kind of mm -hmm. game day routine. routine. And some don't mind sitting in, and chatting for a little while and others just yeah, want to leave and get on with their day. Yeah. But even in the off days to have that yeah. chance. To off just, days I, I enjoy. Yeah. Game days I always thought, Yeah. I always thought, man, if I have something I wonder about, I want to ask that question, but I'm not going to sit around and talk about Seinfeld yeah. with, with guys in the room. I will on the off day, but right. not then. All right. What about you, Michelle? Like, um, I think, yeah, the best, the access has been great here. I mean, I mean it's with essential what we're able you, to, right? yeah, I, it's the only way I can do my job. Yeah. That's, and that was one of my prerequisites upon taking this job of like, how's the access here? Because without, how are the people and how are the, how's the access? Cause that's all I care about at this point, because it's impossible to do this role without, without speaking to anyone. You just, there's nothing else you can add to the table. But I think for me, the, the best use of it is, is those relationship building, um, pieces where you're in the locker room, you can sit down or you pull a guy aside and you have a conversation with them. Tell me about your family. Tell me about your wife. How many kids do you have? What, do, what are your goals? What do you like to do outside of hockey? Like treating them as people and not necessarily as the athlete, which can be hard for mm -hmm. us in the media. When we Are you we surprised have, sometimes at how honest players, like what they'll give you from time to time where you're like, no, I, I, <laughs> I like, I wish that their personalities would come through more on camera, like in the conversations yeah. I have with them off camera. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, God, that True. was such a great bite. I wish I could like yeah. capture that. And like, there's only so much I could do in a 10 second hit to be like, and he said, this is this, but it doesn't do it justice for the full, whatever. <laughs> um, but I think that's the best use of access is building those relationships. But also like if, when you're working in a team dynamic like this, like you want them to trust you, right? right? Like, I've always told players, like, I'm not here to make you look bad. I'm not here to tweet out what you don't, your dirty laundry, whatever. Like, tell me if there's something that you say. And later you're like, I don't actually don't want that on it. Just tell me, like, I'll, I'll always respect that. And I think, I don't think it's as much of a problem now, but if, if 
the, the worst use of access would be to take advantage of that and to just be kind of sneaking around trying to get information to advance yourself, to tweet something that maybe somebody else doesn't know. And I've always just kind of looked at that as like, it's not my role to break news in this role. And like, I think the best thing you can do well, is- Well, right. And That's we all kind of work for the team, which makes it very different. You yeah. are not here to break right. stories. Right. Correct. But even, even without the team label, like, I don't know, I feel like- the people here don't operate that way. Yeah. Like, and I feel like that's the most fun part too, is like the best side of it is like getting to know them as people. Like, I don't know. I, I just have a passion for like understanding people and like how they work, what makes them tick. I love mental health. I love yeah. understanding the psychology of like wow. different individuals. Put a couple of hours in with Mike. So you, yeah. you can get out of him. <laughs> One of the things on the road is yeah. the thing you always remember is they're people. Like mm -hmm. they're on the phone talking to their wife or doing FaceTime with the kids. And, and so then when a fan is really upset because some guy missed a penalty shot or allowed a goal, you're like, it's hockey and I get it. There's yeah. passion, but this guy's a person with a family. And right. so then I, I do think you, you know, you always remember that when you're, because mm -hmm. they they're almost like you're working with them. Mm -hmm. You're not covering them. So anyway. Yeah. All the mic'd up stuff that the NHL will not allow anybody to re-air is my bane of my existence because mm. it, it it is now we saw some of it with the hbo yep. uh road to the winter classic some you're not getting even in that you weren't getting the full uh and it, you couldn't i think it would yeah. it would ruin some people it would certainly ruin relationships in that, but man, it is <laughs> awesome. Like when they, they throw a mic on a guy and then they replay whatever they get from it. And it's, here we go, guys. Well, what were you doing in the corner? And it, come on, guys, we got this. And you're like, really? Are they all morons? Or <laughs> does anybody have a brain on that bench? Because they sound like yeah. goofs when no. they rerun And they it. know they're mic'd up, now, so they're when saying you, goofy it, things If too. you ever have yeah. the ability to go back into the truck and listen to the stuff that they have that they have to clear with the league the league goes no yeah, and they do that. they don't even i don't think clear it with the league anymore because they know it's not going to yeah. hit air but man some of it is funny uh awesome cutting yeah uh profane like it is everything yeah. that the sport is when you yes. get inside the glass and the boards yeah it's just too too bad that we can't find a an ulterior yeah. channel or just put it back there with a it gets out to everybody, though. Warning it's, for 18 and up or well, something. It's like, so I'm watching Squid Game, right? And it's just, you know, 400 murders right there on the TV. And so we're fine, right? But then- Yeah, uh, but the, the problem yeah. here is that some of the stuff that gets said is so, it's so honest. Yes. To one, and that, that's where well, it's Well, my cutting, point being is- And so, then it would just ruin people. So you so just- So the, the Squid Game costume, <laughs> these eight and 10-year-old kids are wanting to wear these. So no matter whether you say it's for 18-year-olds or not, it finds its way down. Yeah. Do you get my point on that? Is that No, you're okay. talking about Squid Games, so I lost you right <laughs> I, at that. I haven't seen Squid Games either. Yeah. It's, it's all about murder. Uh, oh. the, the, the thing I think is a waste of time, and th this is no offense to you. That's okay. But I, I just think between period interviews with hockey players are useless <laughs> and always have been and always will be. Pre-game, I love them. Post-game, essential. Between periods, useless. It's the same thing over and over again. They're going to get pucks deep. Take they're, away time and space. They're, Good they're, gaps. they're gonna get to their game. <laughs> they're gonna get to their game, which I assume is hockey, but they're gonna get to that. They're going to for sure you to death. And they're 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 going <laughs> so to true. sniff a lot. They're gonna sniff a lot after every question. Oh, for sure. <laughs> We're gonna it's try so to get pucks deep. That's why you got to throw them a curveball. Oh, my God. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe it can. is the question asker. You ask the same question. I don't think they the hear it sometimes, though. <laughs> no, I, I, I think sometimes they're just locked into whatever also cliches. Also depends who you get to. Yeah. It's cliche yeah. a palooza. Yeah. I, I, just, I just think it's a waste of time. I think there are better usages. I'd ra rather hear you tell me about that player yeah. than hear that player tell me yeah. about their crap first period. Yeah. I really would. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably true. I know. It's, I, I know it is. Uh, hey, hey let, let's take an expanded view of the National Hockey League here as we creep closer to closing. We're 40 minutes into this thing, so we're near the end. Uh, I did some nugget mining, uh, not Bitcoin mining, nugget mining. And I, I pulled From this one or? out of the National Hockey League. 
the Buffalo Sabres, the 3-0 and Buffalo Sabres, have told their players they can come up with their individual goal song. I love it. I do too. It's a baseball thing. I think it's a they fun way it. for them to also exemplify more of their personality, which fans don't always get to see with these guys. Like, is he a country guy or is he like a Kygo? Like, EDM. You know, wait for the drop. You know, the sweet. I'd always be sitting around. It'd be like, hold it, people, settle down. Wait for the drop. All the Swedes would be a Avicii for sure. Could I love ma- it. Could you imagine oh, Yuri Lettinen back in the no. day with his Finnish metal oh, yeah, Slayer. What would your What would your goal song be? I mean, I know you weren't Bo a goal scorer, but ooh, okay. All eyes on me. Have mm. you ever listened to that song? I have. It's filthy, so you you have, have to, to beep probably out. bleep some stuff out. But it's just, it would just be me, I guess. I don't <laughs> score. I'm a goaltender. Yeah, I, right? I have no, no idea. What about you, Mike? Uh, shoot the thrill by ACDC. <laughs> Couldn't? Wouldn't that just? Put the place on fire, you score, and it's shoot the shell! Way to go! Oh my God. Let's let them sing. Let's it, let not them you. sing it at me. Uh, nah, you know. People don't like my voice. I don't get it. I don't Michelle? <laughs> I think I'd side with the Swedes on this one and go full millennial, Avicii levels. There's nothing that ants you up more than. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You don't like my answer? It's okay. So <laughs> I know, but I love it. It brings me back to my Michigan volleyball days, yeah. which are actually. <laughs> Good and bad. <laughs> I thought you'd have something like Maze and Blue going Ugh. rocking. That's Marty. It is. That. Uh, so the leading goal scorer for the Stars right now is Michael Roffel, mm-hmm. right? Hey, oh, you would have saw that coming at the beginning of the so, year, yeah? So maybe <laughs> Vienna by Ultravox. <laughs> I like it. Or Rock Me Amadeus. Now we're talking. By Falco. Uh, or is just something from Mozart. I'm out of Austrian uh bands and <laughs> put another shrimp on the barbie Italians. you know oh, austria uh julia <laughs> shoot wait, to thrill that? julia michaels the hills are alive <laughs> no julie andrews did you say julian michael that, that, no, that noted fitness instructor the, <laughs> that, that was that singing in the hills with the van trop family oh my god it was like a boy last name like a boy uh, sounding name something was awesome. like michael, it michael andrew no you're yeah, yeah, yeah you're right you're right on it <laughs> We're the 50-50-90 crew here anyway. Uh, 50-50 chance of success, 90% failure. We know that. Uh, all right, pet peeve. Uh, I hate to come back to this because I- I like to end on a negative. You I know, know. <laughs> That's I, I understand it. why it happens, but I just wish the league would be like, demand openness on injuries and lineups. And like every other league that has gambling does it, right? You have to tell them by Thursday or Friday who's playing, who's not playing, what their injury is. It's just, it's so upper body. there's another sport though that is like hockey where they really don't know from day to day and because hmm. it's such an ongoing yeah. mess of right, Well, I'll give you an physicality. example. So why can't you tell us what's going on with Jason Roberts? He's day to day for a week. So, and we don't, it's upper body. So we don't really know. He's kind of an important player. So the fans ask me and I'm going like, I honestly have no idea. Mm. Like he came to the interview room after the play where he got injured and we thought he was fine. Now he misses four games. I don't know. Yeah. You think the fans might like to have a little insight into Are that? Are they full truthful in the other sports about what the injury is or not? I think because of the gambling element in football and fantasy football, they get. What about baseball? Baseball, I don't know about. What about basketball? Basketball, they're pretty good. I think. Uh, uh, what about pickleball? No, wide no. open. Wide open. <laughs> you can go to the player anyway, during the injury, be like, "Are you okay? Are you coming back? Okay, I'll, I'll include it." Until you get to it's the a ranch water, I'm gonna pull ranch water over here. <laughs> you wouldn't believe something. Until the you get that. to the point where you have an example, like a really good player who's not playing, and you don't know why. It is frustrating. It's frustrating for me, and it's frustrating for the fans. Yeah, I yeah. I Do you have an issue with? You have to find it. You're going to get a lot of upper body may return being <laughs> oh, yeah. evaluated. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. I I understand the the like holding it closer to the vest, but I do agree with you. I think NHL is a little bit more that way where it's a guessing game and draws more speculation. Almost makes it like a bigger deal by like not addressing it. Um, like in college football, for example, it's, yeah. it's you know, pretty much there like the SID will like when you're on you, when like, you're on the sideline yeah and and somebody's injured and you get the information yeah are you 
pretty confident that that is the injury and you yeah. report it? I mean, you can see it, number one, like if, well, unless I put the tent up, but you'll usually get word by the SID or the head athletic trainer of like, he's good to go. He just needed, you know, they won't give you the specifics of like his right ankle needed to be taped up. But usually I can see that stuff of like, he's taped up, he's ready to go. And I'm told that he is ready to return. Like, right. Um, and you don't feel any uh, kinship with the team that you want to, I'm not going to say hide the injury, but yeah. you, you don't want to report it so the other side can go after that injury. Because that's always oh, a yeah. worry in our I guess sport. That's yep. the, yeah, I guess that's the concern. I, I feel like it's just better. It's, it's a nature of the beast, right? Yeah. Like we are always told, do not speculate on anyone's injury. Do not say like what you think it is. Right. Say what you're told. And like if I observe like he's limping pretty badly on that right leg. Like well, it's like us. It's the guys yeah. can't put but any weight like, on one leg. I, and it's it like, really, I think it's going to be lower body. I'm yeah. pretty sure. I mean, these guys are smart enough. They could go back and watch the tape and be like, oh, yeah, that Klingberg injury, that looked to be very obvious what part of his body and where it was, uh, at least the lower part right. and what leg. So I don't know. I understand it, but it's, it's frustrating. It's yeah. frustrating for us. At least it would be nice to like be like, hey, don't release this, but here's where he's at. This is what's happening. I, I wouldn't I even know. want that. I, I would want to like, be able to. My yeah. biggest problem is the fans want to know and they, they get frustrated. Well, and if you're going to invest, know? they want to know the timetable. They want to know what it is. Both. Okay. Uh, like, why is Jason Robertson out? And when's he coming back? And it's day to day for a week. Is he coming to Pittsburgh? See, like from a broadcast perspective, all I want to know is whether he's coming back yeah. or not. I get I, it. I, I don't care what the injury is. Yeah. yeah. Like there have been other broadcasters that spaz over not being told Correct. what the injury is. Yeah. And it's like, I I don't really care. Like yeah. he's not in the game right now. Right. Like I, I'm not going to be operating on, on him or anything. I'm yeah. not a human MRI. So it's like, it's like, is he going to come back? Now, the problem with that is they've, they've leaned heavily on being evaluated. Correct. Return questionable, uh, or maybe not even that. And then you're just like constantly trying to figure out whether the guy's coming back yeah. or not. Correct. I, have, I would think that these guys, I mean, I know it's it, it'll fluid. change. These guys know, I mean, you know, your body, you know, if you're going, you're good to go the next day or yeah, not. Yeah, but they just like, don't, it's a competitive thing. That's and true. General managers yeah. and that. Yeah. When it gets over top of the the pool of general managers yeah. because of gambling it'll change yes. until then it won't that's how it's yeah. changed in other leagues until then it won't it, but w- the minute that the gamblers say we got an issue with this here yeah. all of a sudden you, you'll hear who the starting goalie is in the morning not we don't announce our starting goalie yeah and you'll know injuries a lot quicker yeah. and a lot more clarion and at the end of the day does it really impact like the who the other people who the other team's going to put out there like I mean, I guess it does impact the the last change and all that stuff, but I don't know. For me, I like you. It'd be nice to know in advance, like tomorrow, so and so is not going, so I can talk to Suter about playing with Sakura, or right. you know, like different. Yeah, that's the only time it really affects us. Is yeah. it? like last like, night, some rumors that Klingberg might play. Yeah. So then you're like, okay, what do you do? We're gonna throw him into our open a little bit yeah. in case he does, and then he doesn't play, and it messes up messes up my world. I, I want want it not to affect me, Mike. Right. I don't care about everyone else. It's just me, Daryl Ray, on our broadcast. (laughs) Daryl, I think you've called me a tool for the fans. You are. (laughs) No, a conduit. (laughs) A conduit. That's what I am. (laughs) Also a tool. You're just a general tool. I finished that sentence because I thought you were going to just pause after him. (laughs) Anyway, here, I'm going to leave you with this one. uh, Did you notice the illegal lines on the ice on that road trip? Uh, The uh, solid line was it in Boston. And? Was it in Ottawa, too? Wow. Okay, you, now you're I, in the center wait, ice you don't, line. You don't know this. I, no. I am at war with the red center line in the National Hockey League. Yeah, he is. I'm just going to flat out state it. Yeah. I'm at war with it. Yeah. What, He's crazy. What about it? Well, first off, it <laughs> desecrates every NHL logo in the National Hockey League. Now, it is said that you could move your logo off to the side if you want and put two little ones there, mm-hmm. but everyone's gone to the big logo at at center ice Mm -hmm. and that red line that is useless as the is as useless as the g and lasagna or the g and ray (laughs) or the ho and mcmahon exactly (laughs) mike you got one not really technically an i i guess in the in the hike (laughs) that's true (laughs) should just be hug hug instead of (laughs) the uh so that everyone knows i'm i i'm firmly in the dislike department for having the logo 
I mean, teams now are putting their logo on the ceiling in the dressing mm-hmm. room because they put it in the carpet and then yeah. they got mad at all of Everyone us when we come in there and walk on it. Yeah. It's like, so true. you idiots, what are you doing? <laughs> so, so they true. don't need the line to go through college hockey. Yeah. A lot of uh, ice surfaces, they don't have it or it's a light line that yeah. goes through there, whatever. Yeah. NFL figures out where the 50 is yep. with the logo over top of it. So I want that change. But hmm. the center line, 12 inches wide, mm-hmm. red, is supposed to be evenly broken up. So hmm. it can be differentiated from the other lines on the ice, which is so antiquated, it's laughable, right? Black this and white goes, TV, right? Yes, it goes back to black and white TV. <laughs> but they've never changed it no. in the NHL rule book. Hmm. It's stated in there. That's the way it, it is supposed to be. It's a rule. <laughs> so you look down in Boston, it's a solid red stripe across the ice. You look down in Ottawa, and it's a solid red stripe across the ice. Come to Dallas, broken up by, I think, the state of Texas. It is, is on the there. state is of Texas. Beautiful. It's beautiful. Lone Star State. <laughs> you go to St. Louis, maybe they've changed it, but in past, solid red line across the ice. I demand <laughs> here on the Podman Rush. That the NHL take action <laughs> against these buildings and these teams and these ice surfaces to rectify a wrong. I, I can't disagree with you. That's, I didn't know you were such a, double, a rule follower. That's a double. No, he's not. I'm not. <laughs> he's the worst. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm surprised. I'm a the, cherry picker rationale. of rules is what I am. Same. Anyway, rules are made to be broken. We're 51 minutes into this. It's a good you got one. anything else? Mike? No. Not really? I'm not going to do the Columbo this year. I used to do. Like, yeah, did you ever watch Columbo? Terrible. I want one more thing, ma'am. <laughs> and then it'd go on for 20 minutes. <gasps> you, were, you were every bit as fantastic as I knew oh, you would be on this. Thank you, Razor. Isn't she great? She is. What about me? The great. <laughs> wait, I'm getting to you. <laughs> the great Michelle McMahon. I should be all Jesse Ventura on our broadcast when we go to her. McMahon, <laughs> follow the money. You ever hear that? Uh, I'm not a big wrestling That's not fan. a reference. Sorry about that. Squid anyway. Game. Mike, you were terrific. Squid Game. Thank you. Talk you came off the Squid Game. Squid Game. Okay, subtitles for Mike next week or Korean, <laughs> one or the other. Uh, thanks for coming in. Yeah. Uh, you were on the road. Tough overnight. Nah. Did you have two seats and a meal on? on uh, no. Uh, in fact, it's going to be very interesting when you guys get on okay, the flight. Okay, don't tell us. I want to be Ooh. shocked. Seems a lot smaller than the okay. old one. Oh, boy. Wow. Well, I don't have a frame of reference. I'm just mm. happy to be on a private yeah. plane. <laughs> I hope everyone enjoyed the pod woman rush yeah. that we had today. Thanks like for having me on, guys. We'll talk to you next week, everyone. Goodbye.